0: So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
1: And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Chuck Bergman, back with us, a retired Salem, Massachusetts police officer. Thank you for serving. He is a third-generation medium and recalls being able to communicate with the other side since the age of six. He has spent many years in development circles learning meditation techniques that have helped to fine-tune this incredible gift that he has. He has completed classes in psychic mediumship, advanced mediumship, and Reiki. Chuck, welcome back to the program. How's the psychic cop been?
2: Doing really well, George. How are you doing? It's so good to hear from you again.
1: Everything's great. Boy, this young age at five and six years old, how did this happen for you?
2: It was... um... A strange story where, of all things, me being the psychic cop now, uh, five years old, I was at home playing all by myself. I went out in the backyard, and of all things, I was trying to create a police uniform to wear. <laughs> so I'm putting on a little, I made a little gun belt thing, I made a uh, a badge out of tin foil, which kept falling off and falling off, and, you know, being that young, I'll admit I started crying as a little boy, because I couldn't get the badge to stay on my shirt. And then out of nowhere, I heard a man's voice. And, you know, to this day, I can remember the purity of it. It was more like going to a uh, movie theater, like an IMAX, and having that beautiful, rich, pure sound come in. And it was a man's voice, and he used my name. He said, Don't cry, Chuck. One day you'll be wearing a real badge. And it must have been like 18, 20 years later, I did join the Salem Police Department, Salem, Massachusetts, which is known as the Witch City. Yep. And the, Here's the amazing part. I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, had no idea that there was a Witch City. So how I ended up there, I'll never know.
1: And he was right.
2: He was very right. In fact, I've heard him only a few times, or, or what I call the voice. I've only heard that in my head a a few times, and every time it's so dead-on accurate, so pure, so rich, and with all the readings I do for people, I would say there's a small percentage of people that are willing to admit that they, too, hear the voice, but only at a critical time in their life.
1: What's amazing, too, is you used this ability in your police work, didn't you?
2: You know, not not as a police officer. I did in a roundabout way. I, uh, While I was developing, I uh, would give readings to some of the co-workers, and uh, some were on one side of the fence, others were on the other side of the fence. And the funny thing is I would have people come to my home, you know, police officers off duty, come to my home, have a reading, con- connect with some very, very, um, what's the right word here, very touchy, uh, private readings,
1: sensitive, that so
2: incredible, so healing for them, they would leave and uh, with the agreement that I'd not tell anyone they were at my house to begin with. So they didn't even want to admit that they came for a reading and they wouldn't back me up and say it was accurate. Everyone acted like, you know.
1: It never existed, right?
2: Yeah, they, they, well, they kind of went with the idea that he's crazy, so we'll let it, we'll let it be, you know? <laughs> let him do what he wants to do.
1: But they loved getting readings, didn't they?
2: They, they certainly did.
1: Anybody else in your family have the ability?
2: You know, um, it's so funny. My mother had this ability, and as I would develop and certain things happen, even as a child, she would uh, turn me down and say, no, that's your imagination, or... There's no one else in the room or whatever I'm, you know, relaying to her. And it wasn't until after my mother passed away and my mom is from England that I connected with some of my relatives over in England. That's when I found out she was a medium. So she didn't even want me to know. And then I dig a little deeper and find out her mother, my grandmother that I love so much, was also a medium.
1: At what age, Chuck, did you tell them that you had this ability?
2: How about this, the other way around, George? They told me. Um, it was a cute story where, I don't know, probably about seven years old, and I'm, uh, my grandmother had come over from England, and she would do that like every second or third year. And when she would come over, she would stay for a good six months with us and then, you know, fly back home. So on the very first night of one of the visits, while I was very, very young, you know, we all went to bed, and I come from a large family. You know, there are um, six of us, and Grandma's watching us. Mom and Dad saw an opportunity. Day number one, Grandma's here. We've got a babysitter. They took off for the night. So is our grandmother watching us. Now I go to bed, and I start seeing all these images in the bedroom while everyone else is, you know, my other brothers are sleeping. So I started screaming, help me, help me, help me. And my, ma- my grandmother comes in, takes me by the hand, takes me into the living room. But she was extremely coy with it. Mm-hmm. She says, um, here, you want to watch TV? Would you like a slice of this apple? And, you know, really <laughs> calm, calming me down. That's all she was doing. Then she leaned in and said, why were you screaming? What was going on? And I said, Grandma, there were five people standing around the bed, and they were just staring at me. Oh, okay, and then here, have some more, you know, have this, have that. Hey, Chuck, what did those uh, people look like? And when I described the male, the female, and uh, their size, and, you know, the character, the, the features of their faces and stuff like that, she knew each one of the spirits. They were friends of hers who had passed away, friends of hers from England that apparently had traveled with her and for some reason knew that I'd be able to see them. And that kind of started everything for me.
1: Had she seen them too in her own day?
2: In her own day, absolutely. My grandmother was, uh, i from what I've heard, was a very good medium. But like my mom, they, they only gave readings to their friends. They kept it quiet. And there were friends of my grandmother that went in, you know, were out in the open with, I can see dead people and stuff like that. And those people ended up in insane asylums. That was their way of handling something that they couldn't deal with.
1: But they weren't insane or they went insane?
2: They were not insane at all. They were doing what I'm doing, but society didn't know how to deal with it.
1: Just locked them up.
2: Yeah, they locked them up and several died in prison because of it. Um, Who was it? Uh, Helen? Oh, you may know her last name. I can't think of it right now. She was the medium from England that when the British Navy's uh, submarine had been sunk uh, off the coast, the sailors went to this woman named Helen. I I, want to say Duncan. No, I'll have to look the name up later. But anyway, she could hear the voices of all these different sailors and they formed a line, she said, in spirit. But they would give phone numbers, they would give uh, the, the names that the parents would call the you know the sailors by and all this private information, and she too got arrested and locked up. So it, it just wasn't looked at.
1: Was that Helen Duncan?
2: I you know I wanted to say Helen Duncan, but then I wasn't sure if Helen Duncan was the actress, so <laughs> you know I had to
1: no she was this, Helen Duncan was a Scottish medium. Who was imprisoned for fraudulent claims of witchcraft or something?
2: Yeah, and if you read, if you, I read up on some of the things that she did do, and it wasn't they called it witchcraft. It was
1: yeah, it was, it was, it was she wasn't out and
2: doing now good validations with people that had died on that submarine, and the British Navy kept it quiet that their submarine had even been sunk because the um, at that time the. We'll just put it this way, the public were down on the government anyway. So they were trying to keep it secret, and she kinda let the cat out of the bag. So she certainly made a lot of enemies by saying, you know, the submarine has been sunk and these young men have died.
1: I think the ship was called the Barham.
2: I believe you're right, yes. Yeah.
1: She was good at in in her day.
2: She was, she was, and um Story goes that she was actually giving readings while in prison and while she was in a deep trance. And I don't go into trance. She was in deep trance and was startled and uh, because of that, actually died of a heart attack.
1: How do you get into your mode, Chuck?
2: I don't even understand it, George, but I've been in public places where someone will say something and immediately I come out with connecting with their loved one. So I don't even have to get into it. And um, I've, I've had what I call reading on demand, where and I maybe shouldn't say this on your show, but we were out having a few beers while putting up an outside structure in my backyard. And I was dirty, sweaty. And and I'm not much of a drinker, but I had maybe two beers in me. And then I get a phone. A phone you know, my wife says, hey, there's a uh, person on the phone, they really need a uh, reading bad. Could you come in and do it? So it was funny to leave that environment, go in, pick up the phone, and uh, just start giving a reading.
0: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Zumo play.
1: When we take calls later next hour chuck, do you give readings to callers or do you just prefer a question?
2: I can give readings, you know, we'll we're keep it on the short side. Yes. Like we've done before. Do you remember cucumber if I say that word? I do not. Yeah, we we had a you had me on and I the first reading can be the hard one. That's where I'm trying to tune in. And I in my head heard and we had a truck driver on. And his wife had passed away. And I asked him, I said, does cucumber mean anything? But what struck me funny was the way you repeated it. Cucumber? Like, (laughs) what the hell? What what are you talking about, right? Yeah, you you made it look like, Chuck, I think you've lost it. And he said, well, you know, my son and daughter are coming over this weekend, and I've got a garden out back. They're going to teach me how to plant cucumbers. Wow. And you freaked out. You said, what?
1: (laughs) Yeah, now I remember.
2: I was wondering if you did remember that one. Now I remember. you do so many, you know, and I'm.
1: But you're the only cucumber person we've ever dealt with.
2: Okay. Well, that's what I, that's a good statement. I love the uniqueness of a reading. You know, when you can come up with something that's so unique, it wouldn't fit anyone else. That's what I like. Exactly.
1: Chuck, how, how old were you when you really started kicking this into high gear?
2: I would say probably early 30s, um, and everything just happened by accident. As you know, there are no accidents, but all of a sudden, I I would be driving in my patrol car, and I would get almost like a—it's like trying to remember a movie, and you remember a movie, you might see a scene in your your mind about a certain scene that, oh, yeah, I remember this movie— On that idea, I'd be driving in the patrol car and I would see an intersection and I would see cars that have hit each other and smoking and telephone wires down, you name it. And I would go, wait a minute, that's behind me. I would actually turn my car around and start heading back to that area only to get a radio message on the way. Uh, 24, we've got a real bad accident on so-and-so street, you know, and sure enough, it would all unfold in front of me. So it's like I was seeing maybe, I don't know, things that are happening in real time, but I would pick up on it shortly after, right after it happened.
1: Why did you wait until you retired as a police officer before you started using this ability?
2: Probably because the day I got in trouble with the police chief over this.
1: Ah, what happened?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, I was in my office. I was a computer analyst at that time. We were in a new building, and he sent for me. You know, he said, "I'd like to talk to you." And the funny part of the story is, as I go into the chief's office, he's sitting behind his desk, and behind him is a glass. So you know, looking out to the outside, but in that glass, I can see a reflection of his computer monitor. On the monitor is the James Van Praag website, of which I had just been. Uh, posted as a reputable psychic medium on his website. Ah, okay. So I couldn't really escape that. I'm thinking, who ratted me out? Who told the chief? And
1: that's a great honor, too, by the
2: way. Yeah, very big honor. And in fact, it was—I'm still honored that he would keep me on for a number of years, like he did. Um, and I've, you know, I've gone to see him many, many times at different shows. But uh, when the chief saw that, he looked at it and said, you know, he didn't know that I could see it. And I'm thinking, well, now I know why I'm here. So he says, uh, we've got a little problem here. He says, (laughs) you know, you're carrying a gun and you're hearing voices. I said, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then we we went into it. And he said, you know, people don't really necessarily believe in all this stuff. That's when I turned. And on on our uniform, the police patch, which Salem still uses, is a witch on a broomstick. No way.
1: On the police I, this, patch?
2: If you look up Salem, Mass, police, their patch is a witch riding on a broomstick. Jeez. And not only is it on the patch, but it's on the on the door of the police car, you know, on the uh, emblem. I said, well, we are in the witch city, chief. I mean, isn't this...
1: That was the logo.
2: That was the logo. and That's kind of the theme of the city. You know, we had... Um, yet they yet,
1: yet they frown on you, you doing mediumship.
2: I'm sorry. What was that?
1: But they frown on you doing mediumship.
2: Yes, they did. Well, one thing I'm going to say, and, and I love the chief. He was a great guy. He um, he wasn't sure when he went into policing if he wanted to be a police officer or go into the church and be a priest.
1: Big difference.
2: Big difference. He wasn't sure which path to take, and he chose the police
1: how soon after he had that meeting with you did you retire
2: i would say probably 10 years later i did retire oh okay all right so i was getting very well known in the area for doing you know what i'm doing and i really didn't do any cases other than because i was a computer analyst and i worked in special operations I had free run of the building pretty much, so I would go and shoot the breeze with the detectives, but using psychic ability and picking up on you know not only body language, but body energy and stuff like that, when they would be interviewing different people for you know major, major crimes, I would conveniently go into that office and start working on a computer that didn't need to be worked on, but I could sit there and do my thing, tune it up a little while... I'm also reading the people that are talking. And then when everything, you know, when the people left and, you know, the suspects left and I've got a few minutes to kind of analyze, how do I feel about this? I would actually write it down on a notepad. Like this one is telling the truth. This one's telling the truth. This one person wasn't even there. I would put what I was picking up on the whole time, keep taking notes and then run it by whoever was handling the case. And most of the time, almost, I'd say 90% of the time, I was right on key with what I was picking up and what turned out to be a reality with uh, the situation.
0: Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment...